0: Hello and welcome to the Crone Law Firm's uh, Facebook live show. My name is Alan Crone. I'm the founding member of uh, the Crone Law Firm. We're a law firm in Memphis, uh, Tennessee that represents employees, executives, and entrepreneurs in disputes involving their ability to make money. And uh, we're here today to talk some, some basic employment law on uh, when can an employer file a, fire a worker and when might that worker uh, have recourse uh, against the employer for being uh, wrongfully terminated. I always start any conversation of this nature out by saying that there's a lot of activity, a lot of activity that's not good business. It's not fair. It's not moral. It may not be ethical. But having said all of that, it may not be illegal either. That may not, there simply isn't against the law uh, to be a bad manager, to be a bad boss, or to be unfair, unless you're being unfair. For a particular illegal reason. So let's look, let's get into some of the uh, specific questions we've been asked and and develop this uh, idea a little bit more. First question is that we hear a lot Can an employer fire me for no reason at all? And ironically, the answer to that question is uh, yes. If they're firing you for no reason, then they're not firing you for an illegal reason. And what we look for in cases to determine if someone has legal recourse for being fired is they must be, uh, fired for being in a protected category or for engaging in some sort of protected activity. Protected categories are things like, uh, your race, sex, national origin, religion, age, color, that sort of thing. Protected category, uh, I mean, protected activity is, what did I do something that gives me legal protection? Did I refuse to remain silent about or refuse to participate in illegal activity? Did I report my uh, company, uh, for example, to OSHA for safety violations? Or did I report a uh, discriminatory act based on uh, someone being in a protected uh, category? Uh, Did I serve on a jury? And I was out for jury duty, and so therefore, uh, I... Uh, they fired me because I didn't come to work because I was on jury duty, did I follow a workers comp claim and, and so that's why they fired me, or did I take extended family medical leave or other kinds of protected leave, did I have a disability um, that I was retaliated against for asking for a reasonable accommodation. All of that is protected activity that if if you're fired for that reason the company may be liable to you for um, damages for wrongful termination. You see, what happened was, uh, uh, you go back to common law, and uh, people. I'm often asked, what is the employment at will doctrine? And the employment at will doctrine was a common law doctrine. Tennessee used to be a part of North Carolina. North Carolina used to be a part of Great Britain. And for most states in the Union, uh, we get our common law from Great Britain. And I always think, say, lords and serfs because that's where the Employment Doctrine was born, was in the relationship between the Lord and the peasants and the serfs that worked on uh, on His land. And uh, that Lord could employ people, not employ people, fire people. Uh, there was no restriction on what He could do with that relationship. And that has come down to us uh, these days in the Employment at Will Doctrine. So it means the Employment at Will Doctrine is pretty simple. Anybody can be fired at any time for any reason. And these protected categories and conduct that I talked about before, those are all exceptions to the employment at will doctrine. And so if you feel like you've been treated unfairly and you want to determine whether or not you have a case against your employer, you have to look to see is there a uh, exception to the employment at will doctrine uh, at work here. And so that's where you go back to look and say, all right, what's the motive for behind the reason I was fired. I always act like to ask people, what was the real reason you were fired? They, they'd say they fired you because of your performance, or they say they fired you because you were late, or you didn't come to work. But you may say, no, that's not the real reason, because I'm African American, and there were white employees who uh, did the same thing I did, reported to the same uh, supervisor I reported to, and they weren't fired, but I and all the other African-Americans, when we do that, we got fired. Or maybe it's because of your, your sex. All the, the, the women in the office, uh, uh, if they engage in certain conduct, then uh, uh, they were fired, but the men weren't fired. Uh, or my, my supervisor made it clear or the decision maker made it very clear that, uh, that he or she had a prejudice or a bias against certain kinds of folks and that sort of thing so you've always got to tie it back there always has to be a causal connection between your inclusion in the protected class and uh, the uh, adverse employment action which is usually when people come to see me is usually uh, termination but reassignments uh, promotions uh, suspensions write-ups those are also adverse employment actions and can give rise to to liability if uh, there's a discriminatory intent. Um, so uh, the, the illegal reasons to fire somebody would be their, their inclusion in uh, those uh, illegal uh, uh, those legal uh, uh, categories. Uh, so what happens? Can I sue my employer if, uh, if I'm illegally fired? Uh, what do I have to do? Well, anytime that you feel like you're the victim of discrimination, you should report that uh, or, or illegal harassment you should report that to uh, human resources or your boss or the owner of the company depending upon the size of the company. But Let's say you've been fired so there's really nobody to report it to one thing you can do is go, is go to the EEOC the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and file a complaint there and you need to make sure that when you're filing there that you can you can factually tie the termination to the uh, discrimination so you want to be prepared to talk about the real reason you were fired uh, you want to tell the 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 investigator i was fired because of my my sex or because i uh, reported uh, illegal activity or because i complained about uh, illegal harassment or because i went on jury duty or i filed a workers comp claim or whatever the um, uh, whatever the issue is the eeoc is charged with investigating Uh, all uh, cases of illegal discrimination that occurs uh, in the United States and they have district offices that do this. So they they have a lot of work to do and they they tend to focus on particular cases and what they focus on uh, tends to uh, change over time. And so sometimes the EEOC for whatever reason, even though you may have a meritorious claim, may not take your case. In fact, I'll tell you, I've done this for uh, over 25, almost 30 years, and I can count on one hand the number of cases I've been involved in where the EEOC has taken a case uh, and prosecuted it for uh, an individual or a group of individuals. The vast majority of cases, the uh, individual is given a right-to-sue letter, and then that allows that person then to file that complaint in federal court, within 90 days of receiving the right to sue letter to pursue the case in court. So if you file with the EEOC, you really ought to consider going to see a private attorney either before or shortly after you file the EEOC complaint so that that attorney can help you, A, work with the EEOC to get the best result possible there, but also to start to prepare for the possibility that you may have to file uh, your own own, uh, lawsuit. And um, that can be very time-consuming. It can be very expensive. Uh, but if 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 the action has meant that you've been out of work for a long period of time, then you may uh, it's it's definitely worth uh, pursuing if you have a valid claim. And these claims are very dependent on the facts, the factual circumstances uh, of your situation. And so it's very very difficult to compare one case with another. You really have to look at each case standing alone. And so that's why it's important to go see an attorney uh, as soon as you can uh, because the chances are uh, that the EEOC won't take your case. Um, And even if they do take your case, that becomes the EEOC's case at that point. And they're the ones who call the shots. Now they've got a great track record for uh, making sure that people are uh, compensated fairly. but it's always good to have your own counsel to help move the process along. So the, the the next question is, a pretty logical question, is, well, if I file my employer, what can I get? What's my case worth? And these cases, particularly in places like Memphis, uh, are not nearly as valuable as people think they are uh, oftentimes. And the real measure of damage is how long are you out of work? Uh, The main element of damage is what we call back pay and front pay. Back pay is the amount of money you would have made if you hadn't been fired or suffered the adverse employment action, maybe you were demoted or maybe you were suspended, absent the uh, illegal activity, so uh, up to the point of the settlement or up to the point of the trial. So let's say you're fired on January 1st, you file a complaint and the trial happens, the following January 1st. Well then your back pay is one year's worth of damage, one year's worth of salary and benefits. Your front pay is the difference between what you would have made and what you're actually going to make uh going forward. That's what uh we lawyers call an equitable remedy, and so it's difficult to determine how far into the future you can get front pay. That money has to be adjusted to present value. So uh Uh, What you do is you hire an expert to help you calculate what that that pay would be. And I've seen um, uh, front pay awards for one year or two years, and I've seen them for five or ten years. just really depends on your particular situation. You have a duty to mitigate your damage. And what that means is is that from the moment you're fired, you need to make a reasonable effort to get reemployed in the same or similar type uh, employment. And so it's important to document that uh, all the activity and all the effort you make uh, to hunt for a new job uh, almost from the very, very beginning. And that's one of the things that we counsel our clients on and help them do is to uh, document every uh, website they visit, every networking phone call they make, every conversation they have about uh, looking for a new job so that um, the the employer, if they uh, end up suing them, doesn't Monday morning quarterback them on their uh, inability to find another job. Uh, and sometimes it's real easy to find uh, substitute employment, and there's some cases where it's, it's nearly impossible. Um, I've, had, I've had clients where uh, their former employer was literally the only employer within 200 miles of their house uh, where they could perform a same or similar job. But that still doesn't uh, relieve you from the the obligation to to look and to try to find substitute employment, even if it's not uh, exactly the same. Uh, Juries tend to uh, look more favorably on um, litigants who have uh, uh, worked in the meantime, even if it's not at the same job than somebody who's just sitting at home. But again, every case is different, and uh, it's all a matter of how uh, that is presented. Another element of damage is what we call compensatory damage. In an automobile accident scenario, you might call that pain and suffering. Uh, that's much more difficult to uh, uh, recover in these employment cases unless you have egregious conduct on behalf of the defendant. Because a lot of people think, a lot of people who sit on juries think, well, you know, getting fired is kind of part of life and that's just part of what you have to suffer through if you're going to be in the workforce. And so you don't get nearly as much um, compensation for pain and suffering um, for just what we call garden variety uh, anxiety having been fired than uh, if you've had a medical or a mental um, ramification from it. And that could be anything from stress to high blood pressure to uh, hypertension, um, uh uh, that uh, lack of sleep that result in some physical manifestation with, with uh, uh, some um, uh, medical records or uh, therapy bills, then when you have that situation, you, um, you have the ability to get more than just uh, a few thousand dollars. But under federal law, there are caps on that kind of damage, and the caps for smaller companies are 200000 and the caps for larger companies are three hundred thousand. So that's the most you can get. You can't, under federal law, you can't get punitive damages. Although state law is a little more, um, a little more uh, uh, generous in Tennessee and other states. Uh, but these are not cases where you see huge verdicts, absent uh, some uh, dire circumstances uh, on behalf of the plaintiffs and some really obnoxious uh, conduct on on the parts of the defendants. So usually what you're looking for in cases like this is you're usually looking for uh, enough money to uh, get between where you are and where your next job is, and then a little bit of something for the effort uh, and have your attorney's fees recovered. Uh, That's the third element of recovery of your attorney's fees and so you can get all or part of your attorney's fees uh, as part of the uh, the, uh, the settlement or verdict uh, if the case goes uh, fully to trial. Um, that's kind of hitting the, the high spots if you will of uh, the kinds of cases that can be brought and uh, the kinds of damages that, that you can recover. Um, it's uh, definitely uh, a a reasonable thing to do to want to be compensated if you are uh, illegally and unjustly terminated and if you have been and you think that you might have a case uh, I would encourage you to go to the EEOC find a private attorney such as the Crone law firm uh, to help you evaluate whether or not in fact you have a case I can tell you that uh, we get literally hundreds of calls Uh, A month for these kinds of things and we take only a very small percentage of those cases uh, as clients because unfortunately many many people who are uh, treated very very poorly and very badly uh, by their employers um, we sometimes have to deliver the bad news more often than not that unfortunately even though you were treated so shamefully what they did is not illegal Uh, but don't assume that that's your circumstance Check it out, cross that off your list, and if you have a claim, pursue it. And if you don't, then uh, the I always say the best revenge is living well. And I appreciate uh, uh, everybody watching, and we'll look forward to talking with you next time on our Facebook Live show. Thank you.